The programme which follows is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. You are tuned to Isotopica here on Resonance 104.4 FM with me, Simon Tishko. And today I am in informal conversation with James Lingwood, one of the co-directors, along with Michael Morris of Art Angel, um, an organization and a name that I'm sure is familiar to everyone listening today. Art Angel is an organization that I guess has brought some of the most memorable art installations and projects in the past 25 years, including um, copper sulfate crystallized council flats, the epic Chromaster film series with Matthew Barney, um, the unbelievable breakdown by Michael Landy in which he granulated absolutely everything he owned. And most recently, in fact, last week, it was an installation inside a Scottish mountain, I believe a kilometre inside the Scottish mountain, um, in a piece for three voices and live mountain sounds, which is available on, well, in fact, all of this stuff is available on the Art Angel website, being www.artangel.org, where it's really worth a serious browse. Um, and very much in the nature of Isotopica. This is an informal kind of backstage conversation with James, which I hope you find as interesting as I did. The sound quality leaves a little bit to be desired, but then I guess in the fundraising we'll be doing in the new year, I'm going to be asking for a new microphone somewhere along the line. So please get yourself a comfortable seat, pin back your ears, and enjoy a nice cup of tea while listening to James Lynn. And myself in conversation, Art Angel 2015. So, when we first talked, I saw you at one of your productions when I was there visiting with Dudley, Dudley Sutton. Yeah, yeah. He's a very old friend of mine and a regular guest on Isotopica. And I recounted when you came to Middlesex University, which was the um, the old Hornsey School of Art that was kind of hanging on it was before it was merged. Was that to do a talk or to talk yeah, about you, Art Angel? You, you did a talk about Art Angel. Right. It was one of those things, you know, as a, as a sort of young student, you know, as people coming and going and not knowing quite what it was. But Leaving even more mystified. It, well, not mystified, but well, <laughs> this, is, this is what was, this is the point for me, was rather than mystified, you did what I think is the most important thing for an artist to do and someone involved in arts, that you planted that seed and it was the Beth and Hughes piece with the Hungarian singers. Is it Beth and Hughes? Uh, Beth and Hughes, um, an artist uh, from Wales who collaborated with a group of elderly women from Bulgaria. Bulgaria, not Bistritza Barbie. Yeah. That, that stands for the grannies of Bistritza, which is I, a small yeah, village in rural haunting, Bulgaria. Haunting harmonic music. Right. And have them sing to see. So I remember this, and you went click, 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 and I just... Like, 
it touched here, it did that something mm. special and kind of, and surely that's, I think that kind of very archaic singing almost from, seemed like almost from the beginning of time or the beginning of yeah. human communication mm. does touch you. Yeah. Absolutely. It's kind of like an ooh sound, mm. doesn't it? Well, it's not, not <coughs> in certainly the elements of the actual work, but I think... I think I was probably in my first year uh, um, doing a BA um, at that stage of looking and thinking what can be work, what can be artwork, what can be artwork, you know, the, the really exciting stage. And to see a group of grandmothers in traditional dress singing to the North Sea was like so thrilling. It's like that spark, a sense of spark. And you know, I say thank you for that, that's the kind of thing. So it's come to our Angel of the Office where it is kind of there. You're a nurturing organisation, do you think? Tell me about you and I. We are, um, yeah, we, we're a producing organisation, obviously, but, but before the producing comes the, um, the nurturing yeah. and the, the talking and, and, you know, the gestation of an idea, mm -hmm. which can be quite slow and it can be quite quick, just depending on what's in an artist's mind, mm -hmm. what they share with us and and the point at which we all feel together that it's kind of ready to go yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the ready to go doesn't mean it happens straight away that might be the beginning of quite a long process mm. um, with in the case of, of Beth and Hughes um, there was uh, I mean her slowly elaborating this idea in her mind um, prompted by her hearing um, this sort of antiphonic singing on a radio program, actually, tracking down the, the, where that sound came from, going to Bulgaria to, to um, listen to various uh, groups of, of women singing, um, and then carrying the idea of them singing the sea to the UK mm -hmm. and then to towards um, quite a long period of looking for where the right uh, natural setting or the right setting in nature mm. um, for the, the singing would be um, <laughs> I remember um, spending a number of uh, days walking with Bethan up the northeast coast um, kept on thinking that maybe around the next corner would mm -hmm. be the perfect place and almost inevitably it was another development of bungalows and we had to move further up until eventually we, we found um, uh, the setting near um, Craster in, in okay. Northumbria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I suppose what that piece um, typifies in terms of, <coughs> I mean, the projects develop in whatever way they need to develop, but what is very often the case with Art Angel is how important the site is to the realisation of the work. Mm -hmm. So if you like, we have the idea mm -hmm. and the place, like the protagonist in the place equals the work. Of course. So with Beth and Hughes and the Bistritz of Barbie mm -hmm. in 
the, the figures, the costumes, the setting by the North Sea, the weather, the sound of the wind as well as the sound of the singing, the tide, all of those elements, some predictable, some completely volatile, come together to make which was then shared in that instance with a live audience gathered on the... On Tell me about the audience. Well, they, they were... Um, I mean, we, we um, advertised the work um, uh, locally. I mean, some we also. Uh, I mean, we're talking about 20 years ago here, Simon. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so we just, just we wrote we yeah. wrote to people. Okay. <laughs> we probably put some ads in them. We had made some connections locally, mm-hmm. and you know, groups of 50 to 100 showed up uh, over the course of a number of evenings. Um, it was very early in um, the time that. My time at Art Angel, which is also the time of my colleague, co-director Michael Morris, um, and the first time that we were denounced publicly for doing something off the wall yeah. and, you know, in that sort of classic 1990s, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, the classic, yeah, sort of waste of, yeah. of public money mm-hmm. by the then um, Minister of Culture, remember David Mellor, who of course hadn't, hadn't seen the work, didn't no. know anything about it, but just... Was that public money involved? Did that have yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. we, we, we were, we, you know, very small amounts, but nonetheless... Yeah, 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 it's enough to learn, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it was kind of a benchmark, I think, wasn't it, through sort of the 70s, 80s, 90s, that kind of public outrage, uh, call this art. You know, we were... We were considered... Um, and sort of left field or unusual or unconventional work of, of this kind was considered to be an easy target. Um, and I think one of the significant shifts um, in our culture mm-hmm. um, has been the shift in that sort of presumption um, that um, it's, it's actually a more permissive more tolerant uh, culture in relation to this kind of yeah. experience. I might say I'm not talking about in other ways, more yeah. broadly. Of course, <laughs> I mean, you know, you, you've touched on the sort of political aspect there, and it's, that's something that really interests me in sort of wider cultural points of view. We've probably not got into it too much here today, but the, looking at Art Angel, there's, there seems to be an absolute strong thread of modernism going all the way through, this notion of modernism. And I recently had this great discussion with a friend of mine, she's a member of the Communist Party. I think she's just been kicked out, as they often do. But she was, she was just telling me postmodernism is a neoliberal project, sort of stuck in there. To that. And just looking at these kind of wider terms and seeing the work, I look at the work in Archangel, looking back over your archives, and it's. It, like Gregor Muir piece in Gregor um, Schneider. Gregor Schneider, sorry, yeah. There's, okay, that that makes more sense. I'm terrible for names. There you go. The familiar Schneider. Yeah, because I think of Gregor Muir. <laughs> the Schneider family. ICA. Is Gregor Muir may have come to see <laughs> Gregor Schneider's work. Alright, yeah. he probably that, did, but that, he, that he, not he was not one of the performing twins <laughs> naked in the shower. <laughs> 
Well, the, the, the point about that particular work was that you had two viewers at a time. Was well, that right. We had. Um, you know, we always. I mean, what we do is is extremely diverse, mm -hmm. as you said, yeah. and and we range across a very broad uh, terrain of ideas and places and, and media. Um, amongst the few common denominators are, firstly, as I mentioned, the importance of place mm -hmm. setting as a kind of as a kind of real material of the work rather yeah. than just a container for it, mm -hmm. and secondly, uh, an attentiveness to um, audience experience. Mm -hmm. So, um, in the case of um, Gregor Schneider's um, work, which took place in identical neighbouring houses in Whitechapel, 14 and 16 Walden Street, yeah. it was specifically constructed um, so that you could go into one of the houses on your own, you would have booked in with somebody else, mm -hmm. a friend, who would go into the neighbouring house on their own. So you would be in the neighbouring houses on your own. So they were, you were actually experiencing it sort of basically in a solitary way, yes. but knowing that somebody else was experiencing yeah. something else mm -hmm. next door. And then when you swapped, you know, with a kind of knowing sort of glance after your, after, your, after your very intense experience for a few minutes, you then went into the neighbouring house and experienced what appeared to be exactly the same thing in exactly the same place, except mm -hmm. the same place was next door to the place that you've been. So yeah, you know, just understanding when a work is not only its best, but it needs to be mm. experienced in a singular way, yes. compared with when a work is best experienced as part of a crowd. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's, it's 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 sensational, and the the lines that draw out from that, they're just just um, I'm everywhere. I mean, it, it instantly I start thinking about. Um, quantum mechanics with the idea of the distant particles, mm -hmm. the interactive, the, the locked together particles. And a quote, something, when I was thinking about coming to speak to you, something I saw recently was a documentary about the CERN project, mm -hmm. this, this magnificent, the biggest machine ever built, the biggest experiment, the biggest collaboration. And there was an interview with the director, and he said, you know, one of the questions people asked, well, what's it for? You know what? What benefit do we get? We can't say. You know, there's no instant payment. There's nothing we're going to gain from this except. And he said, well, and he kind of he was trying. He was fishing to try and say the only other people that work in the same way as us that I've come across are fine artists. <laughs> almost cry this kind of validation from this end and, and, and there's something going through Art Angel which is there because you just will absolutely do these very very specific things and allow the artist to play free of the constraints of the market and just for the work yeah that, that is right and um, I think it's really interesting how you know in, in a, an analogous way to this, you know, massive scientific experiment. <laughs> you know, the the meaning of what the artists make with us, mm -hmm. you know, 
changes and evolves over time. Mm. Mm. I mean, it's not a fixed. No, it's not a fixed thing. Um, and I, 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 I think that, of course, some of them, some of the projects. I think of the Ryoji Ikeda light and sound piece in in London last uh, yeah, summer. No, summer, the, the, the huge column of light. Of course, you know, like tens of thousands of people going every night. Yeah. That has an immediate impact. Mm-hmm. People are talking about it. They're mm-hmm. tweeting about it, and that's a sort of as close as we get to a kind of massive communal <laughs> experience. Mm-hmm. But then in time, people will remember that yeah. in different ways. Mm-hmm. In 10 years time, it'll be a sort of, there'll be an image and there'll be some, some, some um, there'll be videos or, you know, yeah, around yeah. the place and it will, its meaning will probably have, have shifted. It will certainly, have, it, it already is distanced from the context in which it was actually made, yeah. which was the commemoration of World the outbreak of World, World War One. Yeah, that's it. It, yeah, that, that, that will disappear. It's, um, I took some, I, I live in a big council estate, and I took some kids and their mother in my car, we were sort of bundled in, uh, just gone midnight, and it was late for the kids, and they'd absolutely never had any contact with the kind of culture I guess we yeah. take for granted. Yeah. And, and there, and I loved being able to do that, you know, just take them there and go, look at this. Yeah. Wide open, yeah. mouth wide open, yeah. and you know something, something, something serious and yes. unusual to, yes. to to sort of to think about. Well, it's it, it's it's, I mean, it's it's something like that. That's that's there, and it's easy to approach. And then you've got you know things like Matthew Barney works and the, 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 that. The, how how about that was our angel? Well, we, with yeah, we we um we co-produce with with um, Matthew Barney. Um, another interesting example of um, how what these works mean can be very compacted to begin with. Mm. Um, I mean, Ryoji Ikeda had an immediate um, impact and a sort of wondrous thing. Well, it's, you know, you could very easily kind of move from yourself on the ground to the idea of the universe and mm-hmm. the infinity and all of that. So, 
um, let's say it kind of offered some fairly easy ways into uh, enjoying mm -hmm. the experience, um, and of course the fact of experiencing with lots and lots of others, and 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 and, and seeing how um, again it was always changing because of the weather and the light and the, and the moths and the, and the birds. Amazing, yeah. The every, birds, yeah the, the everyone was getting were, Whatever we do, and however <laughs> however uh, detailed the planning is, and the planning for something like that is, you know, is extremely exact. Mm. Precise, and we have brilliant teams of people who can help us with it. But there's always a surprise, and the surprise were the insects, <laughs> and, and, and how um, how alive mm. they made the whole uh, the, the whole place. Mm. Um, going back to Matthew Barney, um, because I think it's a slightly different story, it, was, it seemed to me that, that Cremaster as a construction um, is an extremely compacted work. It's, it's got all of this um, imagery mm -hmm. and uh, kind of characterization um, and sort of complex uh, web of ideas about biology and determination and sexual identity and desire kind of all kind of packed in together um, in a way that is extremely difficult to disentangle at the time but over years again you know it begins to kind of disentangle or the meanings begin to secrete themselves out yeah. in the world and I find that really fascinating too. Yeah, I, I, I that's a kind of benchmark for me as a good artwork but it shouldn't be didactic, it shouldn't tell you this is what I am and this is what yeah. I want you to do and I, I would say I've never even attempted to unpick Matthew Barney because of the denseness and of what's going on there and, and it, it's, I don't think that's what the work's about, you experience it and bounce off it and the um, Oh, that was Cremaster <laughs> um, 3, um, which was um, and quite the, fi the final one that yeah. he he, um, he completed, the most epic it was. Of, of all of them, um, which was at its, one of its, I mean each of the five Cremaster films there was, there was a central site which um, was almost like a body. It was the Chrysler building. So it was the Chrysler building yeah. relating to his um, equation of the automobiles and the American automobile industry with with power and with mm -hmm. masculinity. And, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, with, with a kind of version of a, of, um, a demolition derby, I think they're called, yeah. Yeah. in, in yeah. the States, um, enacted in, in the basement of the Chrysler building. I mean, Extraordinary, extraordinary sequences of, of filmmaking. Yeah, the the sheer scale, yeah. the sheer scale of that, breathtaking, absolutely breathtaking. But it, it it occurs to me that you've got this incredibly playful job because it's everything. I mean, even that on that really serious, heavy, weighty scale is incredibly 
playful, like the mm -hmm. Barney, you know, you approach it in a certain way. And and looking through the archives at Art Angel and the things I've experienced, is it's always been very, very playful, but a playfulness that is a gateway to something much more serious. Do you, do you think that yourself? I like to think of ourselves as being really open and, and responsive to different kind of ideas. Um, I mean, it's serious stuff too. <laughs> so, um, you know, we are trying to, you know, our, our, our job as producers is to, is to try and make sure that artists and ideas which we really believe in are realized to their sort of fullest possible potential. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean to say, you know, it's all good, you know, or we always get there. Mm -hmm. But our desire as a team is to is to make sure that we don't come out of anything we do thinking, oh God, if only we'd have given yeah, that yeah, more or given good. that more yeah. time. Because, you know, these are one-offs. Mm -hmm. There aren't any uh, second takes with these kinds of site-specific projects, um, you know, or, or large-scale um, Scale works. No, there was no second take no. with Jeremy Della on uh, the um, former battlefield in the village of Yeah, we've got a few souvenirs around the office. We've got a the peace shield. There's some bit of copper sulfate from Roger Hines. That's um, some um, some seaside rock from Margate, which was produced at the time of I think our probably our largest ever project in terms of people involved called the Margate Exodus directed by Penny Walcock yeah. um, with, with many other artists involved um, which was um, a retelling of the Old Testament book of Exodus and the journey of um, the dispossessed and the downtrodden to reach a promised land um, enacted in the seaside town of Margate you know, almost a decade, well, coming on several years ago, but mm. could not be more mm. current today. Yeah, exactly, but everything that's, yeah. I mean, Margate was already home for um, housing uh, many different um, communities and people, and, uh, people um, rehoused there yeah. because at that time the housing was very cheap mm -hmm. um, and um, uh, the kind of tensions between um, different parts of the community which are you know every bit as present today mm -hmm. So yeah, that's about the master, the the, um, the stick of rock. Uh, that's a souvenir from from Margate. Um, the the um, the police shield is one of several hundred um, made for all of the reenactors and ex-miners who um, performed as uh, as members of the 1980 uh, uh, 1984 85 um, police force. Um, during the miners' strike. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the word that springs to mind. I mean, it, almost a discredited word in the sense of thinking about modernism and the thing of the, the notion.
question of the heroic artist, but there's something terribly heroic about so much of the work that's made around our angel. It's kind of, you know, even... Well, even going back to Bethany, she's against the tide, kind of just singing to the sea. It's well, a kind of... You don't want to be too hubristic about these no, things. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know? I have to be careful um, because I'm Well, I think, you know, you take Jeremy Deller as yeah. an interesting point. I mean, mm. it was, it was a, a very ambitious undertaking. Um, borderline um, crazy in a way that we, I mean, I don't think Jeremy, when he proposed it to us, probably really thought mm. it was likely to happen. How many people involved in that? Well, over a thousand were were hired as, as yeah. reenactors um, for the performance, which is, was a one-off. Mm. Um, and then they were also part of the, the film, which which Jeremy mm. made with Mike with Mike Figures. So, you know, a significant level of, of ambition, um, and in that instance, a very long-term uh, and and, um, uh, and thoughtful um, engagement with lots of people for mm. whom minor strike um, was really not history at all. Uh, participants or relatives of people who've been closely involved in in those struggles. Um, and on mainly on the minor side but also on the side of, of, uh, yeah. of the police. But within at the heart of this was is one of the most unegotistical artists you could imagine. Mm -hmm. that Jeremy Della would be horrified to be thought of as a heroic artist. Yeah, of course. That, that's why I said um, it's, it's discredited yeah. even saying it, but um, I can't help. But, um, but certainly, we talk about an artist with um, with great ideas. Uh, you know, really distinctive ideas. Um, some of which can be realised super quick with not a lot of planning and others of which need the kind of production which, which Art Angel is able to bring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's um yeah, it's 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 a lovely come together. But, I mean, when I, I just quickly qualify the heroic artist thing, because I do think of Kirk Douglas as Vincent Van Gogh as a heroic artist. You know, it's one of those Hollywood. It's 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 a, the utter cliche. So it's it's said with all of that understanding. <laughs> Well, you certainly need a serious degree of resolve and, and will, if mm -hmm. we can use those sorts of words, um, as well as um, critical intelligence and empathy to bring off um, projects such as the Battle of Algrie. Yeah, I think something else on, on that scale, which, yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, because I keep thinking that word heroic, and it, it's, this is from the outside, so I'm allowed to say that, I can say when I think of um, the breakdown mm -hmm. project, mm -hmm. there it's it's the idea of documenting absolutely everything, and, and it's one of those works that, as from the outside, and I'm seeing it unfold through the press and the project actually running, and because we have to be so careful, don't we, about um, well, I think from my point of view of. Uh, irony of being ironic mm. and when you're doing something but for an artist to take as he did there everything he owned and destroy it in that way it, it, 
It's really difficult not to put that word heroically, even though we know that that doesn't exist. It's a very dangerous thing, but it's a beautiful project. Mm. Beautiful is another word. Mm. Mm. I can insert in there. Mm. Um, what was what was the aftermath in, with that? I mean, cause well, Michael Landy had to be lent some clothes. Yeah, fantastic. <laughs> because he walked out of um, <laughs> this. Um, department store, uh, which had been um, CNA's um, yeah. HQ on Oxford Street, yeah. obviously in the, in, in, the, in the high mecca of consumerism in London. Um, and this is where Michael Landy and a team of operatives deconstructed and destroyed every single thing that he owned. So at the end of it, on the final day of this performance, performance stroke installation. Um, he, he walked out in, um, in, a, in a pair of overalls that he'd been lent, um, I think to be greeted by a couple of well-wishers with um, a set of clothes. <laughs> wow. But he genuinely did, yeah. he, he genuinely did um, get rid of systematically and quite dispassionately um, with every single possession mm -hmm. that he had. So it was kind of, it was a, it was a, it was a curious mix of, of um, heroic and anti-heroic. I mean, in the end, he did acquire a kind of, uh, a sort of, almost like heroic status as this figure almost like on metaphorically a captain on the deck of a ship with the ship sort of just kind of ploughing through this <laughs> um, uh, so he did sort of acquire a particular a crew a particular almost like status I hesitate to use the word saintly but he did acquire a particular aura yeah. during the course of aura's, aura's during, a good during the we course can, of, we can of use breakdown. That, use that because it's interesting because we do you know I was aware of that I, I don't want to be too gushing about them yeah. and we can't be hubristic and then we start saying saintly and then angel our angel we've got yeah. wings on the wall there in the drawing there and it's it's, it's 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 we have to be very careful because the notion of what is an artist what is an art practice where does it exist and, and I, I remember reading around the breakdown project that there were people tried wanted to buy the granules and um, he wouldn't have that, that, that they had to be landfilled is that he, he wanted he didn't want um, any sort of burial ground. Mm. Um, certainly, we decided not to um, not to sell off any of the, um, of, the of the deconstructed materials of which there was a, a huge amount. I mean, that was a conscious uh, decision after quite a lot of discussion that there would be nothing left. Mm. There would be no, and there would be no place that people might enter. Well, well that's where all of the yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. went into. I mean, we did talk about it going into Landy Phil. And you know, at one point, he thought maybe it should be buried in the foundations of a new shopping centre or something. Mm -hmm. But actually, in the end, it was just dispersed, and um, whatever could be recycled was. 
think it was recycled. In tax records. That was it. So was there, 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 was, uh, was there something about the, the tax office got in contact with your records? Um, I don't recall that, but that, it's entirely possible. I do know that you're, it's illegal to destroy your passport. Okay, I didn't know that. Uh, and technically, I'm not sure the passport is your possession. <laughs> but I think the passport did go in the shredder too. Yeah. It slipped in there. The cat survived, but then that was claimed by his girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see. So... Rather than the work, tell me a bit more about you and Art Angel. When you sort of... Um, that's a difficult bit. That, that's not, no, even, I mean, that's I, not I, even a question, it's just we, uh, pushing in a different direction. Um, Michael Morris and and uh, and I've been been friends for a very long time, uh, and we were we were colleagues um, working at the ICA in the 1980s. Uh, Michael was um, well in time was was head of performing arts there and did uh, extraordinary brought extraordinary um, artists to London, you know, ranging from. Laurie Anderson to Robert Lepage to uh, Jan Fabre mm-hmm. and, and almost in parallel, I mean I started at the ICA a bit later, uh, I was uh, a curator of exhibitions there so, so, so working on the exhibition program um, at a very fortuitous time with a couple of great colleagues, Ivana Blasnik, now director mm, of the Whitechapel, and Andrea Schlieker, who, um, you know, uh, who developed the Folkestone Triennale and um, uh, has done a lot of great shows. Um, so, so the 80s were formative years for us, um, working at the ICA um, when it was really one of the, the very few places where um, international work mm-hmm. um, uh, could be could be could be seen could be experienced in, in London where there weren't a lot of other um, openings at that point and um, anyway both we both for different reasons decided uh, decided it was time to move on from the ICA and then and then actually Archangel um, sort of arrived as, an, as a proposal to us um, rather than the other way around in, in uh, the early 90s and we um, uh, we sort of thought about it and we, we weren't really you know we were both very interested and we were both aware that there was uh, there's a generation of artists whose whose ideas and ambitions didn't connect very well with what arts institutions at that time mm. could offer. Yeah, things have changed a lot mm. since then. Um, you know, in terms of the capacity of larger and smaller institutions really sure. to, to take on board a much broader range and scale of project, but but then it was was, was a different time. Mm. So we were very interested in in um, the possibilities for um, presenting uh, you know ambitious site-specific work to give you a, a shorthand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then Art Angel. Uh, came along and we we thought we would 
we'd give that a go for a, you know, a couple of years. We're really sure exactly um, how it might develop, whether it was a viable idea. We, we um, so, and, and our tendency is to uh, try and work out whether something's possible by doing it. Okay, that's a great way of doing it. Rather than trying yeah. to work out and persuade everyone it's, it's, it's possible before doing it. Mm -hmm. So we began Art Angel by um, initiating um, a few conversations with um, different artists, out of which emerged a couple of projects we already talked about, Beth and Hughes with mm -hmm. the Streets of Barbie, um, Matthew Barney, Crime Master 4, but remember Michael also talked with Michael Clark, the choreographer. We produced this um, extraordinary sort of choreographic work called mm, mm. which is shorthand for um, Michael's modern masterpiece. Michael's okay, yeah. modern masterpiece. Yeah, yeah. It was a reworking of the of mm. uh, the Rites of Spring. Um, you know, we started talking with Rachel Whiteread, and you know, a couple of years later, you know, house materialised in a park in East London, and that's really been our story: talking to artists, generating ideas, mm. trying to work out how to make them happen. Mm -hmm. So that's quite consistent from then to now. Mm. You know, as we sit here today, late 2015, what are we excited by? We're excited by sort of what we've recently done and what we're trying to do over the next year or two. Perfect. And, and no, that's the stimulus, that's the catalyst. Yeah, that makes that, that's, that's, and I think it's really interesting to see from outside the enormous changes, as you say, the enormous changes in the artwork from the 1980s to now, because you have this mega factory of the really big galleries, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. multiple locations, multiple vast spaces, mm -hmm. and artists that, those kind of, they're almost like circus acts. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't mean that as a criticism, it's just the scale. Is I, I think you're, you're, you're right to suggest that this global scene, so it's not just London, mm -hmm. um, creates uh, a situation where some artists um, need to perform or feel they need to perform in that sort of way mm. to kind of uh, to travel a kind of act I wonder <laughs> around the world but there are also many artists who yeah. decide they don't want to work of course. in that way mm. and are quite resolute in terms mm. of, of um, resisting what they see as siren calls towards you know <laughs> towards towards um, you know shipwrecking on the rocks <laughs> well it's the, it's the galleries themselves the business models I was talking yeah. with some, some some artists, you know, there's a kind yeah. of logic of production yeah. in their work, which is which is not a totally a recent phenomenon. It, it, you know, you talk about studio production in Renaissance times, through mm -hmm. to Andy Warhol's factory, through yeah. to you know artists very active and, and prominent today. Yeah. I mean, I have no cri I've no yeah. real criticism on it. I'm merely seeing that it's it, yeah. it, it, that it's a phenomenon that is yeah. very much now. And we're freeze. Is it next week, freeze? 
the week after. Yeah, next week I've got a I've got a lace passe. I'm, we're working in Scotland for the whole week. Lucky, lucky, <laughs> yeah. I've, I've, I've done the bypass of the, the last couple of years. I've gone along with a little resonance press pass, right. just because I bump into so many friends yeah. there. Yeah, it, uh, it's, it's an amazing gathering. It's a gathering yeah. of um of a uh, very large and um, amorphous um tribe. The first year, the very first freeze was euphoric. I really remember it as being the London art world pulling it off and all the galleries, all my friends that had their galleries and things had just dashing work because they sold everything the first night or previous, you know, the preview night, just dashing around to get more stock kind of thing. Well, between um, the opening of um, Take Modern and then you know, a few years later, the launch of Freeze, I think, once, and, and of course the development of the growth of other significant institutions in London. But there you see, um, you see writ very large, the shift mm. in uh, what's taken place yeah. in, in uh, specifically in London. Mm. Yeah, I mean, take 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 modern is very much the the epitome of that, and it's it's. I was very excited. We actually probably around the same time that you came to Middlesex University, we had um, Sandy Nairn. Yeah, yeah. Was um, he came to talk about because at that time um, Bankside hadn't been decided, although they had decided, but there was a discussion still going on, and the other one, of course, was um, Battersea. Mm -hmm. Not mm -hmm. there. And um, I remember so thrilled and everything. Yeah, I must admit, I feel quite distanced and alienated from Tate. It's a different, it's it's evolved in a different way. Once again, not as a critique, but it, it, it has very little relationship with me and what I do and most of my friends yeah. as artists. It's it's a different world. Yeah, I, I don't, quite, no, I don't yeah. quite feel like that. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's a, it's a mood thing. I think you you really need to be up for the experience of going mm. into such a large, it's like a machine, yes. for the um, presenting and the exhibiting of, of, of art. Um, but I hold on to some, uh, for me, uh, you know, really profound and uh, uh, profound um, experiences there, which you know. Recent years range from, you know, Tino Segal's um, uh, mass, uh, massive. Uh, I don't know how you describe it really. Uh, sort of all, all these, this large group of people um, uh, tasked to talk with you after the, which I just thought was, for me it was a phenomenal experience okay. and, I, and I really hadn't expected to mm -hmm. uh, engage with it much right. at all. And then ranging to the um, exhibition of Late Matisse, you know, the, yeah, a real yeah, classical yeah. show, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was also utterly memorable. So, you know, I think, uh, you know, it can be hard to deal with so much going on within such a large space. Mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, and, you know, we, we have the choice of going to, um, it's, 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 a, it's a difference between going to a large, large shopping centre or going to um, a particular... Yeah, the a particular <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, 
lucky to have a choice. We, we have the choice, yeah. and, yeah, and uh, choice. sometimes one feels right, and at other times the other feels right. Um, we're coming up 40 minutes now, just for our time, and I tend not to edit. I don't like to get loads of material and edit it down, it's just a conversation. So, um, um, not, not saying come to the end, but we're more or less got what we need for an episode of Isotopica on resonance. Um, how exciting. There's, I'd love to get some bits and pieces from your archives, mm-hmm. if possible. Mm-hmm. Some sound. Some sound, I think. Yeah. I mean, I've got, got a little list. Yeah, that's, 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 that's absolutely fine. fine. And, um, and we'll put something together, but... Uh, now I've said it's come to the end, I don't know how to end it. Of a recording. Kind of it's left hanging. Yeah, the motorbike, the tire, the 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 blind. That's my driver. Come to play with me. Bye. Got to go out and deliver pizzas later. So what have you got coming up at the Um, moment? That's obviously look to the future. Yeah, we've got a double header on um, Saturday the 17th of October. Um, uh, Again, sort of emblematic of of, uh, the diversity of media in which we work. So, um, uh, a new feature film by Ben Rivers. The sky trembles and the earth is afraid and the two eyes are not brothers. Um, premieres, uh, has its UK premiere in the London Film Festival. Mm -hmm. And that's a feature film uh, from material Ben made um, on a number of shoots in Morocco, which was also presented as a cinematic installation in the old BBC drama studios at White City through last summer. Um, But he worked on two projects in parallel, so this uh, multi-screen installation showing rushes and and, and fragments um, of material uh, and the feature film edited into um, you know a linear mm-hmm. a linear narrative um, so that's that's uh, just um, finding its place in the world okay. is that the one Michael just brought back yeah to Michael York? is uh, Michael was it was premiere at the New York Film Festival um, the first weekend of October mm-hmm. and um, hopefully it will um, find its way in time into into cinemas mm-hmm. around the UK I mean it, it um, it's, it's, it's an extraordinary extraordinary film very very powerful very tough I think um, you know people will find it really absorbing, um, and then a work alongside that, a work which is being made on site inside a mountain on the west coast of Scotland um, <laughs> next week, uh, conceived and written by Maria Fusco, okay. um, uh, a writer born in, in uh, Northern Ireland who um, has spent quite a lot of time in Scotland, now based up there. And and um, a while back became aware of this this place called the Hollow Mountain uh, in 
in, in Ben Cruachan and it's hollow because in the 1960s a power station was um, was a hydroelectric power station was yeah. constructed which involved creating a, a reservoir with a dam up on the top a high part of this mountain on the west coast of Scotland and then hollowing out a huge chamber from obviously the solid granite of the mountain mm -hmm. to house four turbines which would be powered by water being gushed down today. Lovely. The power station is still operational today. Okay. Um, but um, you know, through agreement with Scottish Power, who, who, who run the site, um, we got permission for Maria. Maria has written this piece. It's a piece for three voices and live sound, which is going to be, be orchestrated on site by the French composer Olivier Pasquet. Um, and we have permission to, to work up there um, for a number of days uh, whilst the power station is not, is, is going through some maintenance procedures. Sure. That means that it's easier for us to work there. So it's being recorded on site with small studio audiences. I mean, actually, you could have hundreds and hundreds of people in there, but for health and safety reasons, we yeah. can't have more than 50 or 60 at a time. Okay. Um, as a work which will go out um, on um, BBC Radio 4, so it's Master Rock on BBC Radio 4, um, a 45-minute um, piece co-commissioned by Art Angel and, and Radio 4. So we, we have um, now an ongoing, and I have to say, very enjoyable um, collaborative relationship with, with Radio 4, which just offers you know, a number of really wonderful opportunities for I've noticed that, that the BBC do seem to be coming towards resonance as such, the, the area that... The yeah, well that's, that's, a, that's fantastic. A, uh, I mean there's definitely room for, for both of you. Oh yeah, yeah. I think, um, you know, Radio 4, I mean to go back to, to one of your, um, your uh, one of the things you've said about Art Angel, um, is determined to offer, to be as playful as they can be, to offer um, some of the spaces in the schedule to um, unusual, distinctive, one-off mm. projects, you know, to run alongside all of those things yeah. that, that habitual listeners of Radio 4 look out for. Mm -hmm. um, <coughs> and they, they're really great partners. Actually. That's excellent. Um, actually, years and years ago, I used to find that with Late Junction, that used to be kind of pre-internet time. That's mm -hmm. where that would be a place where I would go to discover things and one occasion leaving the ICA, driving from the ICA with a friend and we had to stop the car and wait until the track had finished to find out who it was and it was someone, a woman called Sitzel Anderson, right. yeah. sort of obscurest folk singer and the most beautiful, we, we literally, we thought we can't go until this is finished and we actually find out and they actually, is it Verity Lambert? Whoever, mm -hmm. it's just it's there, but it, it, it's nice and the internet changes that all. Structure again. Yeah. Anyway, let's 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 put a end on that there, and we'll mix this up and taste the radio. Well, thanks very much um, for talking with me. No, thanks for coming <laughs> up there. Thanks, 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 thanks all round. I'll press that button. You 
have been listening to Isotopica here on Resonance 104.4 FM with me, Simon Tishko, and James Lingwood in conversation at Our Angel. If you are interested in further things from Our Angel, I suggest you have a look at their very comprehensive website going back over 25 years, which is artangel.org.uk. Um, there'll be some documentation at my website, being www.theculture.net as ever and we look forward to your feedback and just for fun i'm going to play us out with a track from the estonian experimental jazz ensemble called collage that i introduced last week on Istopka. um i found this really obscurantist delight um a couple of weeks ago and I played some of it last week on Isotopica and it utterly haunted me as I cycled around London and I'm going to leave you with a track that is entitled Kipada Haliala um, I'll ask Ella what that means we'll get a translation of that perhaps next week and I hope you find it as haunting as I do it utterly stuck in my mind it's a delight and there this is from a 1974 album really unusual and uh, a Soviet jazz ensemble who had a really wide repertoire hence the name collage um, it was made up of students and tutors from the Tallinn Conservatory and the Tallinn School of Music and Pedagogical Institute I'll have to look that up um, but Tweet me if you know exactly what that means. Forgive my ignorance. Isotopical will be back next week when we shall be playing some recordings from a Greek church behind the Royal Albert Hall where I've been doing some work with the Clapton Ensemble Modern Contemporary Minimalist Sound with Ello Massing, regular guest here on Isotopica. Thanks very much for tuning in. Stay tuned to Resonance FM, the world's most consistently unusual art radio station this is me simon tishko signing off for another seven days bye for now Mehed metsasta tulevad, mehed metsasta tulevad.
This programme was brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. Visit our website at resonancefm.com to hear our vast range of original 24-7 broadcasts. Resonance is a not-for-profit broadcast platform and relies on public support. If you like what you've heard, make a secure donation at resonancefm.com.